the Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, get notified when new episodes got up, and it's exclusive for podcast subscribers only. So if you want to be in the cool crowd, be one of those subscribers, hit the button, get updated. So, um, yeah, I broke the news yesterday, mentioned that Michael King, done for the season for the Yankees, big blow. Uh, again, in the first game against the Orioles, the Friday night game, um, suffering an injury where I guess it ended up being a fractured elbow. Uh, so he's sidelined. He's done for the year. Um, it's going to need surgery. Uh, now get a little bit more details there that if it's just a normal procedure without the use of Tommy John, uh, looks like he could be ready by spring training 2023. If it's something that also includes Tommy John, then it's going to be a much longer situation where maybe looking towards the halfway point or maybe towards the end of the 2023 season. Uh, so, again, bad news for King, and we we'll kind of get into the details and ramifications of that. But as for the, the series itself, the first game, uh, this was after the Yankees uh, you know, took a little sock in the jaw, uh, dropping the doubleheader to the Houston Astros, but figuring out uh, moving over to Baltimore on this road trip. But what the one team that had been improving, again, they had a little streak before the All-Star break there, again, winning 10 games in a row. Uh, at the time, the Yankees facing them, 46-47, which, again, just where they were a couple weeks before that was a vast improvement. But still, you figure a good opportunity for the Yankees to bounce back against that Houston series, and they sent Tyone out there for that first game. And I made the argument, you know, a couple episodes ago that really they should have maybe saved Herman for this game. Uh, again, they went with Tyone, and maybe just from having the extra rest because it's been way, you know, almost more than a week since he last pitched, and he wasn't effective in this game. But luckily, uh, the Yankee offense uh, was there, including Aaron Judge, who got the Yankees uh, going in this game in the third inning with a couple of runners on, hitting a three-run home run, uh, put the Yankees up three to nothing. But as I mentioned before, Tyone, not effective at all, wasn't able to get out of third himself, and ran into a little trouble, uh, gave an RBI double to Mateo, as well as an RBI single to Cedric Mullins, allowed the Orioles to kind of climb back into the game, at that point, three to two, Yankees still holding on to a narrow lead, and Tyone, you know, as I mentioned before, wasn't able to get out of the third innings. It's not a fact that of all, you know, uh, surrendered three walks, gave up four hits, uh, two earned runs, again throwing a lot of pitches, and just you know really just didn't have it. And the Yankees needed to go to the bullpen quite early in this game, and this is part of the reason of the demise uh, of Michael King, which we'll just get to in a moment. Uh, Lucas Lucky was able to get the Yankees across the fifth inning. He would actually earn the win in this game. And, but again, this is more about the, this, thank God, the offense showed up this night. Um, you know, Judge would hit another home run in the fifth inning, his second of the game, uh, his 36th of the year. We'll put the Yankees up at that point, 5-2. to two. And even our friend Joey Gallo, uh, you know, Orioles did scratch another run across, but he would even also add a home run center field, uh, put the Yankees up at point seven three, And this actually that seventh run would end up to be crucial because this is where it really went south for the Yankees in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, with the large lead, they figured put Chapman out there, which... Again, I guess you would normally think, all right, you know what? Not really a bad situation. Again, hasn't pitched a ton lately. Uh, so let's like, you know, put him out there to work on some things, you know, whatever. He's again, kind of been designated as the new seventh inning guy just with Holmes taking that role. So maybe it's just something we're getting more used to. Unfortunately, he had absolutely nothing, struggled mightily. The usual we see from Chapman, you know, just the sweat drenching. Um, so he started off giving up a single to Cedric Mullins, again, the lefty on lefty there, you would think Chapman has the, the advantage, and usually Chapman does a good job against Mullins, but Mullins able to get to him there. And then after that, after a strikeout, uh, Mullins was able to go to third base on a wild pitch. Uh, so after that, Trey Mancini walked, so he had two runners on uh, with Chapman, again, still struggling to get, get out of the inning, up against the dangerous Anthony Santander, who's hit a ton of home runs against the Yankees this season, especially at Yankee Stadium, but this time does it in Oriole Park, hitting a three-run home run, pulling the ball to left field. Big three-run home run at the point, pulling the Orioles closer now at 7-6. to six. Again, you've got to be thankful for that Joey Gallo 
home run there that this gave the Yankees that seventh run, which again would be crucial uh, for the Yankees winning this first game. And because Chapman wasn't effective, uh, Boone had to go to King to close out the seventh. So this is a situation where maybe if Chapman does his job, maybe there's no need for King to come out, and maybe King uh, never throws a pitch that ends up fracturing his elbow. So not to blame Chapman here, but you just see the domino effect of, again, not having effective uh, pitching performance from Chapman. So King comes out again in the eighth, and I kind of detailed this before. Uh, has a situation where he throws a pitch, and you can just see right away he winces. Something's wrong with him. They come out and look at him. He comes out of the game, and after the game, you know, first his rumors that he has a fractured elbow, and then they confirm it. So he's done for the season. But the, at least the Yanks at that point didn't need to close out the game, so they actually had to go to Clay Holmes now for a five-out save. So he comes out in the eighth inning to finish off the eighth and the ninth inning. Luckily, he was well-rested to do that, and the Yankees were able to hold on to win by a narrow margin of 7-6. to six. So great you win the game, but of course now at this point, uh, you've lost Michael King and kind of the Yankees setup man there. Whether it would have happened anyway or not, whether Chapman was effective or not, could have happened maybe next week with King, could have happened the, the day after. We don't know, but King has been used a lot lately. Again, he, Yankees usually use him in a lot of high-pressure situations. You just think about some of those, you know, before the All-Star break, some of those extra inning games versus the Cincinnati Reds getting some big jams there. Um, that game, extra Friday night game against the, the Boston Red Sox where he uh, ended up giving the go-ahead run in extra innings. But, again, you're throwing a lot of high-pressure pitches in high-pressure situations, and then, you know, this puts stress on the elbow, and then sooner or later, I guess, this, uh, you know, this went bad for King. Uh, so, again, the Yankees win that first game 7-6. Now, because of the King injury, it sort of flurry moves after the first game. Uh, they ended up sending uh, Tim LaCastro, who's been up here for, you know, like a brief amount of time, back down to the minus, make some room for, uh, for some pitching moves, uh, called up Clark Schmidt as well as gave Shane Green, who was in the Yankees, uh, minor, uh, Yankee had a minor league contract on him. He was down at pitching down in AAA there, uh, appearing in 15 uh, games, uh, signed him to a major league contract just to get him up here. And he was the, you know, I kind of detailed the previous episode, had known the Yankees, you know, back uh, 2014, uh, they would eventually trade him in the D.D. Gregorius deal. So he coming back for a brief moment in time, he would end up not even throwing a pitch, you know, but I'll get into that a little later. But now for game two, uh, it was uh, Jordan Lyles versus Garrett Cole. Now, Stanton supposedly was suffering a little fatigue even before the All-Star break. Now, he did play in the All-Star game and hit a you know big two-run home run when it was awarded the uh, All-Star MVP of that game. But I guess, you know, uh, maybe, you know, with the fatigue he had before that and with the whole trip going back and forth, you know, with Los Angeles and coming back cross-country there, the Yankees decided to sit him out for game two, and he would sit out game for three as well. Again, you can make the argument, well, if you were tied, why'd you make the trip to the All-Star game? Why'd you play in the All-Star game? It's a little nitpicky there. I mean, look, it's his moment. Let him shine. Let him represent the Yankees. I don't think it was a big deal there. Now, let's say he was a pitcher and he was hurt a little bit, a little sore. That's the situation where you shouldn't be participating as a pitcher. But as a position player, I don't think it was a big deal. You know, even if he was feeling fatigue, and uh, yes, and now it carried over, and now it's affecting your regular season a little bit. But again, I don't think it was that big of a deal. And the reason he might be fatigued again because he's been playing the field a lot more than he had been in his previous couple of seasons with the Yankees, and that's something that made him a better player. So um, the Yankees got on the board early against Lyles. It was the guy again, Aaron Judge, is hot as a pistol. RBI single scores Lemayu, gives the Yankees a one nothing lead. Second inning, Matt Carpenter, nobody on, hits a solo home run shot. Putting the Yankees up at that point, two to nothing, and you know you figure cold deal, and you know you won the first game against the Orioles. You know you're feeling good right now. Really, where the Yankees really this is a game where they really have to kick themselves in the pants because yeah, at the point they had a two nothing lead, but blowing some big opportunities in the third and fourth really almost put it away early. Did not do that in the third inning uh, with a bases loaded situation, two outs, Hicks up, ends up flying out, 
blows an opportunity there to maybe put a crooked number up. And even in the fourth inning, now Judge gives us uh, hits another RBI single, great. But uh, Yankees had two runners on in the inning, and both Rizzo and Gleyber Torres um, flew out, weren't able to do anything with that. So yeah, the Yankees take a three nothing lead at that point in the fourth. But again, same as the third, they could have possibly put a crooked number up there. Uh, and they really put this game away early, and they allowed the Orioles to hang around. This would ultimately be their undoing. Finally, the Orioles will get on the board in the fifth inning. Mateo uh, would get on, actually steal second, and they would actually, in this inning, steal two bags on Higgy. So I guess maybe they picked up something on, whether on Cole or on Higgy. Uh, but with two outs, you know, RBI single by Mullins with Mateo on second. They were able to score Mullins now, so they put their first runner on the board 3-1. to one. And then Mullins himself, as I mentioned, he would also steal second base and score on a Reichman double pulling the Orioles in within the 3-2. And again, you're just kind of kicking yourself in the pants where it's like, nah, you know what? We should have had like maybe five or six runs here, but now the Yankees are three. And you see that the Orioles are slowly starting to creep back in this game. Now in the seventh inning, this was kind of an interesting situation. They bring Cole out. Now his pitch count was getting up there a little bit. It kind of seemed like he would have been done after six, uh, but they'd bring him out. Now, could it be possibly due to the fact that, you know, King wasn't available, where let's say if you did have King available, he's probably pitching that seventh inning. Again, just the domino effect of, Chapman being not effective, using King, now hurting King. And now for that uh, the next game, the seventh inning, when you might normally go to King, you're sticking with Cole to go one extra inning, and it would be one inning too many. Uh, and this would be the, the inning that would turn the tide of the game. So uh, Ramon Urias would lead off with a double, and after that, soon after Mateo would hit an RBI single, and then the game would, at that point would be tied 3-3. Three to three. Uh, So now Cole losing the win opportunity to win there, and at this point you're just holding on for dear life. Uh, then they finally decide to go to the bullpen. Boom. Brings in Albert Abreu, who, for the most part, you know, since coming back with the Yankees, and he was kind of the blue chip that was used to get Trevino in here, who turned out to be an all-star. Uh, but the Yankees were able to bring him back. Uh, and this was probably, his, I would say, maybe his worst game of the season, even though he hasn't been used a ton since being back. Uh, but with a, with Mateo on first, try to pick off, try to pick him off. It was a bad throw. Mateo was able to, you know, the ball was kind of floating out in right field. Mateo was easily able to go to third base. And then Mateo would score on a sacrifice fly by Mullins. And now the Orioles were up 4-3 to three, when, again, the, they were behind 3-0. So the Yankees blew a 3-0 lead. And now the Orioles were ahead 4-3. to three, And the game would be put away by that same Urias again uh, in the eighth inning, hitting a two-run home run, putting the Orioles up 6-3. to three. Now the Yankees, as always, give them credit. They make it interesting. In the ninth inning, LeMayo would lead off, get on uh, you know, with the help of an error. And, of course, that man hot as a pistol, as I said, not as a, as a nuclear rocket right now, Judge, would hit a single. So now you had two on, nobody out. So tying run at the plate. So you have almost three cracks at it. Does he either tie this game or just start a little rally there? But unfortunately, Rizzo, he would ground out. Now it would move the runners over great to second, third. But even if on a single would score two, you'd still be behind six to five. So you're kind of looking for something big here. You're looking for a little rally together here. But unfortunately, if the Rizzo, uh, Gleyber Torres would fly out and then Donaldson, would, would be caught looking at strike three, and the game would be over. And then Yankees fall in the second game 6-3, to three, and Cole then taking the loss, so his record now drops to 9-3. And now it comes up to a rubber match, uh, game three, with Nesta Cortez on the mound. And the game was scoreless early on, but it wasn't until the third where LeMayo would get the Yankees on the board. RBI double, scoring Trevino, going up one nothing, And then Judge who just had a fabulous weekend, would make it 3 nothing with LeMayo on, hitting a two-run home run in his 37th home run of the season giving the Yankees a 3 to nothing lead in the third. And this would be all Yankees all the way, kind of a cool, relaxed game. Uh, they would tack on a couple more runs in the sixth inning, and then even Hicks would get into the fun RBI single of his own in the ninth inning 
uh, put the Yankees up six to nothing. That would be the final score. But you would say the story of the game would be Nestor Cortez, a good quality start, clean start, uh, going six innings, seven runs, no walks, and only surrendering six hits, upping his uh, season record to eight and three. And Clark Schmidt, who was called up due to the uh, King injury, he would actually get the save in this game for pitching the final three innings. Now you might say, hey, the final score is six nothing. Why does he get a save? But in case you're not familiar with the rules of baseball, uh, if you close out the final three innings of a game, no matter what the score is, you actually technically get the save. So Clark Schmidt gets his uh, first save of his career, and the Yankees finish that series up at 66 and 31. So that's you know 35 games over 500. It's having an incredible season. Uh, but again, the big loss is uh, Michael King. So the Yankees are going to have to scramble around, you know, right with that. Again, some in-house options, but something they're probably going to have to do at the trade deadline. So from here, the Yankees move on. It's going to be the uh, first act of the Subway Series, so it's going to start Tuesday. Uh, it'll be at City Field, and uh, the Yankees are going to go with Jordan Montgomery, kick that one off there. So the Yankees get the Monday off a little bit, rest up, like get, you know, give Stanton an opportunity to get a little more extra rest. Again, he sat out games two and three, and hopefully he's fresh and ready to go uh, for City Field. And um, again, for King, again, he's done for the season. He's got to hope. You know, if he doesn't need the Tommy John procedure as well, then maybe he'll at least be back by spring. And the Yankees now going to be scrambling around, you know, who can get some big outs now in the seventh inning. Loisga did pitch in the Friday night game as well, did an inning, but also, um, you know, gave up a run. So, you know, it's not really promising there, but, you know, it's going to have to be probably just near term. You have to look at someone like Loisga is going to have to step up. Um, you know, Marinaccio is back. That's great. But really, you know, Loisga, you know, who was pretty good last season as the eighth inning guy, he's going to have to be that guy get some big outs, so hopefully he'll get it going. And let's just see what happens when Seve comes back. If you may remember back in September last season when Seve did come back, you know, since he didn't really have enough time, you know, there wasn't enough bandwidth and time to, you know, build him up as a starter, the Yankees basically used him at, at the bullpen, and he was actually pretty good. So he, since he didn't have to worry about going five, six innings, he was able to go, you know, one or two innings and just empty the gas tank and blow 100-mile fastballs past hitters. So is it a situation when Seve comes back? Maybe he becomes the, the solution for the bullpen. So we'll see. Thanks for checking out the episode. Uh, Yankees take two out of three, bounce back from the uh, Houston doubleheader loss, and now we'll play those Mets. So thanks for checking out the podcast, and we'll catch you again soon. Mm-hmm.